evening. This is Reverend Rosemary with you this evening, thanking God for this wonderful opportunity that we have to meet again around the table of His Word. We are going to open our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us today and for teaching us and meeting us at our point of need. Father, we pray for open hearts and minds to hear your word and to allow your Holy Spirit to teach us your purposes and your truth because you always watch over your word to perform it. We thank you that even now you're doing exceedingly abundantly above what we think or ask of because of your spirit who lives and operates in us. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, tonight our subject is about authority and dominion. So the, t the title of the message is Our Authority and Dominion. Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 and 28 are the opening verses for this study. And I'm going to read that right now. Genesis 1, verses 26 to 28. And God said, Let us make men in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I want you to note that God is speaking here and he's actually commending. He has issued a command. He says, let us make men in our image and likeness. Hallelujah. And once he did, everything was done according to what he had commended. Amen. So when God speaks, we have to understand that it is a law unto God and also unto man because man has access to the word of God. Amen. And we are called to live by the word of God. Jesus says that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. We are to live by the word. We are to use the word in our everyday life and to issue decrees as the Bible says, hallelujah, and watch the word of God being, being realized and fulfilled in our life, hallelujah. So man is to have dominion, as we just saw in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, verses 26 to 28. But where is it to have dominion? It is over the earth. Amen. Not heaven. God is in heaven. Man is on the earth. So God has given man dominion over the earth. And uh, man, only man and not God, is to have dominion. That is management of the earth. Why? Because God has given it to him. Now, God did not give man ownership of the earth. He gave him the, the dominion to manage the earth. Notice that the Bible tells us in Psalm 24 and verse 1, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell there, therein. Hallelujah. That's Psalm 24 and verse 1. 
And so it's, you know, we know here that the earth is the Lord's. Amen. However, man has become the landlord because God gave that dominion to manage the earth. And uh, some, some, it actually and verse six confirms this and let me go ahead and read that passage psalm 8 and verse 6 it says this is a psalm of david and he's speaking to the lord and he says thou made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands thou hast put all things under his feet amen so man was given dominion by god and when um, Adam and Eve sinned and fell from dominion. He did, they didn't fall from heaven. They fell from dominion of the earth. Amen. And therefore, all their children who are born from them, who are the seed of Adam, also carry with them this fallen image of th that Adam and Eve received when they sinned against God, because originally they were made in the image of God, image and likeness of God. But when they sinned against God, they fell from the glory of God. They acquired this new nature. And from that point on, all of humanity was born with that fallen nature. And therefore was also uh, deprived of the dominion that Adam had originally received to be to to be able to lord it on the earth. So man fell from dominion of the earth, and therefore restoration is therefore dominion on the earth. We have to understand that dominion on the earth and not dominion in heaven. Man starts on the earth. Man doesn't start in heaven. However, uh, when we also read uh, the end of the, the story of man, which we find in the Bible, amen, we see that man may go to heaven for a little bit um, to be with the Lord. And um, however, to, at the end, man comes back on the earth hallelujah praise god so the concept of kingdom uh, was not invented by mankind but was first um created by god it was the first form of government introduced by uh by jesus himself who was who was the creator amen um, and not only that, but when he came on to the earth, he, he announced that um, to his disciples when he told them that the kingdom of heaven had arrived. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God had arrived. The kingdom of heaven had arrived among men. And so from that time on, Actually, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Jesus began to preach. He says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning that the kingdom of heaven is near. So we see that God has established only two priorities for mankind. Uh, the first is the kingdom of God, and the second, the righteousness of God. Uh, we're going to read a passage from Matthew chapter 6, um, which is Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God. Let's go ahead and turn there, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 32. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor let your nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment 
Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, um, these verses are speaking about our human needs such as water, food, clothes, housing, um, protection, security, uh, preservation, uh, self-actualization, significance. Um, there's a lot in, in those verses here. Uh, and the focus of them, however, is that um, our confidence should be in our God. This is why Jesus named all these things, because what he's saying is our focus should be building our confidence in God because God's obligation, our creator's obligation and commitment uh, is to sustain his creation. And because of that, that should lead us to shift our priority amen the priority of focusing uh, on our basic human needs um, to the priority of cultivating and maintaining a healthy relationship with his kingdom and with himself amen notice that we just read this passage in Matthew chapter 6, and we stopped at verse 32. However, if we are to read the following verse, uh, verse 33, this is what Jesus added. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. So when we focus on the kingdom of God and on the righteousness of God, Amen. When we make them our priority, then everything else falls into place. Therefore, the kingdom must be our priority. So it's very important um, that we identify the correct and right priority of life um, because that is the key to being successful and in life and having a fulfilled life. Um, Jesus said, as we just saw here in Matthew 6.33, to seek first the kingdom of God. So um, maybe we might ask ourselves, well, what does it mean to seek a kingdom? What is kingdom? Um, someone gave this excellent definition of the word kingdom, saying that it is the, the governing influence of a king over his territory. And he impacts it with his personal will, with his purpose, and uh, with his intent. And in doing so, he produces uh, a culture. He produces values and morals and lifestyles that reflects his desires and also the nature of his citizens. Amen. So the, the word Kingdom speaks about a domain that belongs to a king. And so as it is used here, Jesus is speaking 
referring to God's government, God's rulership, amen, seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking God's uh, government, seeking God's rulership, seeking his dominion over the earth. So when Jesus speaks of the kingdom of God, he's therefore, he's talking about uh, God's will executed uh, his own jurisdiction, his heaven's influence, and God's administration. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he says that this is what the, the first thing that a child of God, a born again person, a believer, should focus on. Hallelujah. Um, what we have to understand is that every person um, on the earth, um, is actually seeking a kingdom. Amen. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, you see, consciously or unconsciously, all of our activities and endeavors is directed toward that pursuit. Why? Because man was created to have dominion. He happens to have fallen away from this dominion, but the God's original intent has never changed. Unfortunately, man is pursuing it the wrong way. And God now is, has sent Jesus to correct this, hallelujah. And not only Jesus has done what was necessary, praise God, the cross of Jesus has achieved it. But not only that, now God has sent his Holy Spirit to indwell the believer. Hallelujah. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16, he says that they are my temple. Hallelujah. Actually, it says, as God has said, I, am, I will walk in them and I will dwell in them. Hallelujah. And so he says, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God will dwell in us and walk in us. And so God has sent his Holy Spirit so that we can understand how to uh, pursue his kingdom. Now that we, are, we have a new nature, we are born again of God. Hallelujah. And um, it's therefore important for us to look away from self. Amen. And uncover the big picture, which is the kingdom of God. Uh, we may be from different religions, ethnicity, geography, national identity, uh, all these, uh, you know, don't, those things don't matter. Amen. Because there is so much more that we have in common with one another. It's, and when we give our life to Christ, then we become one in Christ. Hallelujah. And so, uh, we all share a common desire to be able to control the circumstances of our life. So consciously or not, we are all searching for a kingdom in which um, we are enjoying the same rights, the same liberty, the same abundance. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life in abundance. We are all seeking that. Hallelujah. Uh, we are all seeking a life that has meaning and purpose, and we want to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. And so, um, unfortunately, when we maintain a narrow-minded pursuit of um, advancing our own self, then we fail to recognize that um, there is a great kingdom that God has made available for us if we just know and learn how to enter into it. Hallelujah. Um, so we have really to take time and look at the big picture. Amen. Uh, you see, every nation and every social 
civil society, and I stress the word civil society, function on laws and customs that make society work. Uh, there are places where it's just plain chaos. And our prayer is that the light of God will shine in the hearts of you know, the people in these places so that God's order can be reestablished there. Um, but when you know, these laws and customs are established, the result is a culture of uh, laws and principles that serves as uh, regulations, values and morals, um, and standards that govern the citizens' relationship with um, the authority structure of that place. So in essence, all nations or kingdoms contain uh, certain principles and laws that must be adhered to by each citizen in order for the citizen to benefit from their citizenship. And um, the, in other words, the privileges and rights of their citizenship. And so Jesus is working within this understanding of what government is actually and he's explaining that these laws and principles are found also in this other kingdom which is the kingdom of god and that uh, there is a name that he gives to these uh, principles and these laws which he calls the keys of the kingdom Amen. So God wants us to know what are the principles that govern the kingdom of God of which we have become part of. Hallelujah. So having keys and not knowing either where they are or how to use, use them, then in that case, it makes it useless for us to have them. However, um, for many believers, uh, they don't know what the keys are that Jesus has taught his people. Amen. Uh, we don't know which keys unlock, unlocks which lock. And so it's like having a lot of information but not knowing how to use it. Um, having all, you know, a lot of power available to us but not knowing how to apply that power. And so knowledge of the word of God is important, but it is insufficient by itself uh, for effective living as a believer. Amen? Uh, because many believers lack the proper mindset about the kingdom of God. So all this takes revelation knowledge. Amen? So knowledge of the word and intellectual knowledge of the word without a revelation of the word in our spirit so that we can know how to apply those laws concerning the kingdom, then uh, make it almost, you know, a Christianity that does not really reflect the, the, the nature, the character, and the power of God. Amen. So life in the kingdom is really about returning to the governing authority of God in the earth and learning how to live and function in that authority. We have to receive that revelation in order to be fruitful in our Christian life. Amen. And therefore, that, that, uh, that has to do with learning how to use the keys of the kingdom. Amen. Notice that um, Jesus himself, he said uh, that it is God's desire for us. Amen. Uh, to give us the kingdom. Actually, he states that in Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. Luke 12 verse 32. And I read, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been, has, is pleased to give you the kingdom. 
Amen. So our Father has given us the kingdom. It's ours. In fact, Jesus himself brought the kingdom to us. And, um, you know, we received the kingdom through the cross of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so the moment we turn away from um, rebellion against God and we placed our trust in, in Christ to save us from, um, from sin, from the consequences of our rebellion, then we become citizens of heaven and we have all the rights, all the benefits and all the privileges that come with being a child of God. Amen. We therefore have to learn how to appropriate these rights, how to come into the full enjoyment of the benefits that we have and the privileges that are part of that kingdom. And so Jesus taught about the keys. Amen. The keys of the kingdom. Um, we are going to read in, from Matthew chapter 16 what Jesus actually taught his, his disciples, his inner circle of his most um, you know, intimate followers, which were the 12, uh, the 12 disciples. Um, in Matthew chapter 16, we're going to read from uh, verse 13 through verse 19. Amen. All right. Um, Matthew 16, starting with verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by men, but by my father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, in the Jewish faith of that day, the title Christ and Son of the Living God were reserved exclusively for the Messiah, uh, the deliverer of Israel and hope of the world uh, that had been prophesied uh, for, for, for centuries. Amen. And um, so Simon Peter here was confessing his belief that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And Jesus tells Peter that he did not arrive at this knowledge through his own understanding, that it was given to him through supernatural revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so uh, Jesus says upon the rock of Peter's confession of faith that he will build his church. Amen. Jesus does not say that Peter is the rock, but rather that upon the rock, which means this great revelation that Peter received about Jesus being himself the rock, that upon that confession of faith and that revelation that he would build his church. 
the Greek word for church is ecclesia. And this word, regrettably, it is widely misunderstood uh, because it's translated as church, the word English church. I'm sorry, the English word church. Um, most people believe that ecclesia is a religious word, but it's not. Actually, ecclesia is a govern governmental term. It literally means called out ones and was used by the Greeks to refer to the Senate or other political groups that were chosen by the government. Amen. They were called out ones. So that was in the uh, Grecian Empire. So again, this is a term in the Greek that is a governmental term. Now, when we move in time and we go into the Roman Empire, we find that uh, the Senate in the, in, in, in the Roman Empire or the Ecclesia then was like the cabinet, uh, similar to what you would call, you know, a cabinet in modern day um, demo democracy. And the Senate was the powerhouse and these individuals were handpicked by the emperor to receive um, his ideas, his thoughts, his desires, his passion, amen, uh, the, and, and whatever he, he wanted to do, he intended to do, to do. And so the job of the Senate was to receive the, from the emperor what his mind was on different things and turn it into laws into legislation that could be implemented in the king's kingdom amen and therefore um they were to know what his mind was and to see that everything he wished was carried out this meant that they had to stay in very close contact with the king they had to talk to him and he had to give them information about what he wanted in the kingdom. Amen. So the fact that Jesus used the word ecclesia to describe the body of followers that he was establishing tells us two things. Number one, that the word church itself is a political term rather than a religious term. And secondly, that this entire discussion that we are, you know, building on tonight about the keys, um, about binding and loosing, that is not about, uh, not a religious, but it's a form of political discussion. So, what I mean by that is, you know, Jesus was in effect saying that the same way that Caesar is Lord of his government and created his own Senate, that is his ecclesia or his cabinet, Jesus was saying, I also will build my own cabinet on the fact that I am the Christ, I am the anointed king, I am the Lord of Lords and son of the living God, hallelujah. And so he told Peter, Jesus said to Peter, upon the rock of your confession of who I am, I will build my government. I will build my Senate, my cabinet, my administrators will carry out my wishes and my will, hallelujah. So Jesus didn't come to establish a religion per se, rather, he came to establish a political force, a kingdom that would take over this earth where he himself would rule as king and as lord. Hallelujah. So the ecclesia is therefore um, a group that is entrusted with information that is, or, or even secret information that is critical for the operation of the kingdom. And this group is so powerful that 
even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, the gates of hell will not overcome it. Hallelujah. The gates of hell cannot prove it themselves stronger than, than it. Hallelujah. Than the, you know, the, the, the kingdom of God. So Jesus is telling us that, yes, there is uh, a, a ruler of the darkness. There is a kingdom of darkness. However, hell itself where he, the, the enemy, that is his domain, he says, will not be as strong as the ecclesia that he himself, Jesus, is establishing. Amen. And so the information that Jesus wants us to understand is that in this kingdom, there are keys. This is the secret information that he's giving us. Amen. He says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Notice that Jesus gives uh, us know how to make that kingdom work hallelujah how not so much how to make the kingdom work but how to make the principles of the kingdom work on our behalf so we are already part of the kingdom we are citizens of the kingdom and because we are then we have a right to know what the keys are so that we can be operating on a different level than people who are not part of that kingdom. Our, the, our way of operation will be so high that it baffles don't, who, who don't have access to the, the, the benefits, to the power that this kingdom makes, makes available for its citizens. Hallelujah. And so we are supposed to tap into a certain level of life that others who are not part of that kingdom cannot tap into. Notice Paul, who had such a great understanding about the things of God, what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, he says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. So Paul understood that as a citizen of that kingdom, there, there must be a demonstration of the spirit and of power that is evident in his life. Amen. So that those who are also part of that kingdom would not rely on things of this world, but rather would latch on, take hold of, amen, the, 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 the kingdom itself and the rules and the principles of that kingdom and start using them and walking in them. Hallelujah. So Paul knew how to use uh, the keys. And um, he, he's, you know, got a revelation. He learned how to use them. And the kingdom, again, of heaven is not so much uh, for a secret group of people, but for people who have access to the knowledge of that kingdom. Amen. Which is a secret to those who are not part of that kingdom. But at the same time, that secret or that information must be learned. Praise God. And so um, you see, a, a secret is anything that we don't know, but that 
let's say somebody else knows, but we, we are not privy to it. Amen. And uh, when we're looking at, for example, the way Paul operated, or even better, the way Jesus operated, um, he operated in miracles. Amen. And um, we see him um, walking on water, healing the sick, uh, raising the dead. Um, you know, shrivel, you know, he shriveled the tree by speaking to it. He calmed the storm. Uh, he multiplied bread and so many other miracles that uh, Jesus accomplished that are beyond, uh, you know, the, 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 the understanding of our human, uh, you know, experience in general. And so um, Jesus performed these miracles but for him the way he uh understood the way his kingdom works for him he was simply using the laws of the kingdom walking in them and not so much performing miracles as we look at it we call it a miracle because for us it is you know something that our mind cannot comprehend but for him he could comprehend it because he had full understanding of what authority is or what you know the laws of his kingdom is hallelujah and so jesus was pretty much saying i'm using my authority and you know using them and causing the principle and the laws to just you know fall in line and accomplish my desired objective because i understand how they work and so i'm using my authority and this is what you see and so he turns around and he says but i have given you the the keys in other words you too have the secret um of that of the kingdom and you have to learn um how to use them and jesus says i'm teaching you amen hallelujah notice what he says um that is jesus what he says in john chapter 14. Um, let's go ahead and turn there john 14 verses 12 through 14. yes john 14 verses 12 to 14. he says verily verily i say unto you he that believeth on me the works that i do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. So notice here that Jesus, he left no doubt that the kingdom was supposed to work for his ecclesia or his group of people amen just as it worked for him so these verses that you that we just read are verses that he spoke to his disciples the night before his death before he was arrested actually amen so the ecclesia of jesus that is the church which in other words speaks of us right now um jesus says we are supposed to do the same things that he was doing and more why because the holy spirit would come after he was gone and would teach us how to use the keys of the kingdom amen so how would he teach us by revelation as we study the word as we pray as we meditate he teaches us hallelujah and one of the significant keys that we learn that opens um you know that causes the the principles of the kingdom to work in our favor it's like opening the key to, to the warehouse amen of heaven is um prayer so part of what jesus said here is when he says if you ask anything in my name that will i do hallelujah so we ask in prayer but how do we ask 
Jesus is saying, you must ask in my name. You must ask according to my will and in line with my purpose. And that will open the heaven's floodgate for you. Amen. And so when, when we look at the life of Jesus, and, uh, or should I say his ministry, and uh, the, the, the fact that he trained, uh, he taught and he trained his disciples, and they were with him all the time, and they had actually seen him, amen, um, using these keys and, uh, and the way that, you know, the, the, as I said, what they, be, that what they call the miracles that he was able to accomplish. Um, Jesus was saying to them, you have, I have taught you and you have observed and now you should know. Hallelujah. And we are seeing Jesus testing them to see whether or not they had understood what he had been teaching them. For example, we see that um, Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And the, the Bible tells us that the crowd had been with Jesus all day, listening to his teaching. And they came to a point where it was late in the day and they were hungry. And Jesus' disciples suggested that he sent them away into the villages to get food. But Jesus had another idea. Hallelujah. You see, he was preparing to teach them how to use a key. A key. Amen. And in Matthew chapter 14, uh, let's go ahead and turn there. Matthew 14, we're going to look at verses 16 to 21. Matthew 14, 16 to 21. Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Because remember, the disciple has suggested that the crowd go to the villages and find something to eat. Um, and so Jesus tells them, let me go back and read. Do not send them away. Give them something to eat. And so they answered, we only have here five loaves of bread and two fish. So Jesus says, bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men and besides women and children. Hallelujah. 5,000 men in addition to women and children. So notice here that Jesus, he used this situation to test his disciples to see if they had understood the secrets that he was teaching them. So that's why he told them, he says, you feed them. And that itself was the test. And had they understood the lesson, they would have asked, which key do we use? Because we know that we have certain principles that you use. So at this point, which one do we use to be able to do what you did? But instead, they complained. They said, but, you know, all we have is, this, this and that, only, you know, this, two, a couple of fish, so many loaves of bread. You see, they were limited by what they could see in the natural. But the kingdom of heaven doesn't function on those principles. We are told in the word of God, for example, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk not by sight, but by faith. And so the lesson Jesus wanted them and that is and us to learn is that when you know the keys to the kingdom secret, you never say 
you never think first of all and therefore you don't end up saying all i have is this this and that in the natural but we focus on the spiritual we focus on what has made may be made available to us in the spirit realm and we focus on how the kingdom of god operates hallelujah look at the the progression when jesus was full you know about to 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 work this miracle he says that he looked to heaven and gave thanks he put the you know he, so what it is is that he he ignited if i can say he started it up with prayer amen by looking up to heaven and giving thanks so he put the key of prayer and opened the warehouse and then we are told that he broke the bread he gave it to his disciples and then this and they distributed it among the people hallelujah and jesus is saying that it should work the same for us hallelujah you know through our faith first of all second by prayer thirdly knowing how to pray in the name of jesus we unlock heaven's warehouse he says if you ask anything in my name i will do it so jesus himself draws from forth from the abund from the abundance amen of the kingdom and gives it to us and then we give it to others hallelujah this is what the kingdom of god is all about uh, so we have to know the keys that open this the 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 the, the uh, warehouse if i can call it of heaven and that knowledge is you know the lord's promise to us that he says that this knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of god has been given to us amen and the disciples asked jesus to teach them actually how to pray and um they saw jesus's miracles and how it on you know they manifested very quickly but you see jesus spent hours praying so they knew that prayer must have been very important because prayer as we look at it is really uh, men giving god license and authority to interfere in the affairs of men and god is waiting for us to pray why because going back to the very beginning of this lesson we saw that the dominion amen the administration of the earth the management of the earth had been given to men and so for god to step into the picture we have to be willing amen to invite god to be part of what we are doing he cannot do anything without our permission because he gave the earth to men to to administer to to have dominion over not that god doesn't have the power but it is because he is faithful to his word so he says whatever you bind on earth hallelujah then i will bind on the other side whatever you lose on earth then i will lose on the other side hallelujah the lord says that men should never stop praying he says that we are to pray without ceasing because when we do that we invite him to come in hallelujah and step into the affairs of men and this is how we get things done on the earth by inviting god to step in praise god and so notice that john chapter um seven, five sorry john chapter 5 verse 27 says that god has given him that is jesus authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man hallelujah so when they asked jesus by what authority he was doing these miracles he answered by calling himself he says the son of man hallelujah he started his answer by saying this actually he never even told them by what authority because these were the wrong people questioning him 
These were not his disciples. But he answered on that occasion by saying, the son of man. He starts his answer by saying this. And again, notice, Jesus says, God has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. And so Jesus himself repeats again that he is the son of man, which in a way shows us that God came onto the earth, put on flesh. And while he was working on the, on, on the earth, he was able to use the laws, the principle of the kingdom, and he became dangerous on the earth for the enemy. And he is telling us the same thing. Don't be concerned about the fact that you are flesh, but inside of you is a kingdom. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus says. So focus on the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. As long as we are in this flesh body, amen, he's saying, it is just, it's fine because this is the way I have made you. It is the most important thing that you have to function on the earth. However, I will deposit within that body something that is greater. The Holy Spirit will come and dwell in you. And I've given you my word. And together you work, hallelujah, to reinforce this authority that I have given you here on earth through the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in you. And so his lesson to us is that we are the body of Christ. Amen. Notice, we are not the body of Jesus. We are the body of Christ because the word Christ means the anointed one. Hallelujah. And so the anointed one lives in us. And the reason that his anointing resides in us is because there is a work that must be done in the kingdom. It's not just about us. It's about advancing the kingdom of God. And the Bible tells us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. So God is inviting us to rise up. Amen. To take our authority, to understand what his kingdom is all about, and to purpose to walk in dominion, because we have been given the keys. All we have to do is learn how to use them and use our authority and walk in dominion. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you and we worship you. We thank you for stirring in us, hallelujah, this uh, hunger, oh God, to know you more, to experience you in a greater way and to walk in your power in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you for pouring upon us a, a, a fresh anointing Oh Lord God, that take us, takes us, Father God, into places that we have not been before in our understanding of how the kingdom of God operates. We thank you, Father. We thank you that we have this power in us. Hallelujah. And through your word that has become resident inside of us. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the privilege uh, and divine command to put your word to work and see it accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it. Lord, we thank you that according to the laws and the principles of your kingdom, we shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto us. So thank you for taking us to this place of victory in you where our prayers have tremendous power that are dynamic, amen, in, it, in their working to accomplish your plans and your purposes in our lives. Oh Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you that indeed you have deposited inside of us this fresh anointing that causes us to desire your kingdom more and more and your righteousness, which is what you say, to desire first the kingdom of God and 
your righteousness, then you said all these things shall be added unto you. Lord, we thank you for teaching us, oh God, and for causing it, our heart, a change in our heart, so that we are able to receive your word and apply it in every area of our lives for your glory and for our rejoicing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I trust that this study has been a blessing unto you. And we invite you to join with us again next week at the same time. God bless you and have a